Welcome back to another edition of the Power Podcast. This week I'm joined by Bertie. Lads, I'm percolating. And 40. <laughs> what? And Ham. Uh, uh, I'm just stunned by the revelation that Bertie's a coffee. Is that well, I was going to say, I just went from six to midnight after hearing that news, but uh, percolating. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's before let's just do it off the top. The news. So it seems like Moses has uh, rejected the bid from West Tigers. It seems to be what we always thought it was, and his management stretching out um, the offer to stay at Parramatta to get the most amount of cash that he could, given it's going to be his last real main deal. Um, but those comments last week about wanting to win a premiership, and then the comments from BA prior to the game on um, Saturday, uh, sorry Friday night, saying you know have you got the you got to tell the boys some news, mate. Um, so all's well, that's ends well. It's just waiting for the official roundup. I'll start with you, Bertie. Yeah, look, I, I was fairly confident him staying because um, I think Moses, as much as hate he cops from opposition fans, you'd think if he was going to leave, he would have done the boys and the club um, good by announcing it as soon as possible, like not not let it drag on closer to where we got, we got to round one kickoff. So w- when I heard the announcement hadn't been announced, well, he had, I just felt like he was staying, and it was just pretty much trying to get as much as he can out of the club. So saying that, um, I'm very I'm happy because at the, our window's still active. You know, it, there's no doubt if he left, our window pretty much shuts um, or, you know, closes even more. Like, And I'm just, I'm just ecstatic and, you know, we've got, we've got a future half in the in the junior ranks. Now he can take his time um, developing. We don't have to rush him in. And it's just good to see Moses um, sticking solid with the boys in the plan, you know. Um, yeah, I'm just, there's nothing else I could say until it's official. Um, you know, anything can happen, but I'm, you know, as a, I'm pretty excited him staying. Forty in. Yeah, obviously, assuming that this does go through and there is no last minute shenanigans, a la Marty Tapau. Oh, sorry, that's how you pronounce it anymore, but uh, Marty. Um, yeah, there's no reason not to be happy about this. Uh, I know that some people will wince at the price tag here. One point two five per year over four is not cheap money, but he is the best player on our team. He is playing the most important position. And I don't think it's unfair to suggest that he's probably a top two player in that position in the NRL behind Nathan Cleary, who is the undisputed best halfback right now. And the reality is when you're a top two, top three player, you're going to reset the market in that position when you go to market. And Nathan Cleary is getting paid what we believe per the the media at the time was 1.1 or thereabouts a year, which was a market resetter at the time. And now fast forward 18 months and, you know, Moses is resetting the market at 125. And it must be said that it's not one two five under a nine and a half million salary cap, even though it is for this year. It's going to be one two five under whatever we eventually arrive to, and their speculated figures being twelve and a half or even thirteen plus mil uh, initially, with the room to grow uh, if they ever get to a terms on this CBA. So yeah, I'm quite happy there. Like Bertie, uh, Bertie mentioned, it gives a lot more time to Ethan Sanders to progress. You know, the, he's a young lad, eighteen years of age this year. Uh, so he'll be early 20s when his opportunity comes. And it might not be four years in when he gets his opportunity. It could be three years in. You know, if uh, Moses ends up picking up an injury at some point, he's going to have a chance to sort of spread his wings in an ideal system here without being rushed. So, yeah, very good news. Ham, final thoughts? Uh, I'm going to go against the grain. I despise the site. No, I love it. How could you not? Like, I know, I know Forty mentioned Sanders there and – no, there is always the worry that we're going to lose someone. But when you have, to me, Moses is the second best NRL halfback in the game. Um, I think he's got more to prove. Oh, he's got more. Nah, rep-wise, I think he's probably the best half in the game. But NRL-wise, he's second best half. Um, 
so you know you got, you got to pay for that sort of thing. I, I don't think that you know when when the bulldogs were coming around and everything, that was sort of a bit more worrying because it was sort of the unknown um, with Gould probably potentially paying one point four or whatever. Um, I never thought he was going to go back to the Tigers. Why would you go back to that rabble? Seriously, like he knows it's a rabble. Everyone knows they're a rabble. Why go back there? Um, I'm just glad he's rejected. One point one point eight from the Tigers. One point nine. I heard it was two billion. Oh, mate. Well, he could have he could have been the next Elon Musk. He could have bought Twitter. But you know, he stayed stay with the faithful. Stay with the stay with the good team. Stay with the good fellas. Um, good on him. All right. Well, moving on from that good news, uh, as we said, we're going to wait for pen to paper, but you expect that probably sometime this week or next week uh, leading up to the season opener. So jumping into the junior uh, rep round three. So starting in the Tasha Gales, 10 all draw with the Steelers. Tui and Vabe getting over. Bell one from two off the tee. Now, boys, I know you guys weren't down there because of the Newcastle action on the Friday night. It's a bit hard to back up. Did you have any reports? Yes. So... Uh, this one was an absolute nail-biter at the end for the Parramatta Reels. The Steelers jumped out to the early lead, and uh, with, I think, less, literally less than a minute on the clock, we had a scrum set and uh, managed to, as the... Talk about, so, talk about Harold Matz, aren't we? No, Tush Gals. Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm not, no, I've got the Harold Matz page up. Don't listen to me. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That's staying in now, Ham. Everybody can hear your shame. Oh, no. <laughs> Go on, forty. Uh, so I believe we had a essentially length of the field to go. Uh, we had a length of field try to spur us into action, and then uh, with the stroke of full time ringing out, we actually scored off a kick in the corner for Alicia Bell to have a shot at an unlikely draw. And uh, with the you know in actual overtime or sorry, actual dead time, then. She smashed it and uh, gave us the draw. So that's huge for the girls because it means they exit this round with points, uh, or a point rather, which means that for and against is less of an issue in eventual tiebreaker situations at the back end of the season. But importantly, you know, just keeps them moving forward. The loss will have left them at one and two to start the season. Now they're one, one, one. So yeah, big, big result there. And this is a team missing uh, Talara Bamblett, who I believe, even though she was named, was pulled out prior to the game. That was a big loss. So uh, Debbie uh, Dewey went into the halves. Alicia Bell went the fullback, and they managed to guts out a pretty important result. Anything to add there, Ham? No. Um, you know, if it's coming down to someone kicking for goal to draw or win the game, I'm taking Haley Bell all day, every day. Alicia, Alicia. <laughs> all right, then jumping oh, into the mats. <laughs> I'm having an absolute shocker here tonight. <laughs> Jumping into the mats, Eels 22 and the Steelers 10. So another win there, Mugatutia, Rokasuka, Ferugia and Lee uh, with Ferugia 3 from 4 off the boot. Hammond 40. Uh, you mentioned him, but Zaytas had a big game here, posted a try and two assists to his name, so he's had a very productive start to the year. Uh, we've already spoken about him, how, he, how he is very atypical in terms of a dummy half. He is tall and, and quite well built, and it's going to make him difficult to profile where he's going to end up but then again, you say we say that Cam Smith was 185. So I'm not saying he's going to be Cam Smith in the future, but Cam Smith was not a shorty at dummy half. So there's certainly, if you're good, it's like the reverse. If you're if you're good enough, you're big enough, or whatever. <laughs> if you're big enough, you can be good enough here. Uh, so yeah, Zayda's very good, uh, and I believe uh, Don Ferruja quite good too. Was uh, decent off the tee, uh, and yeah, the Eels just building nicely in this grade. Uh, they're they're. How would you describe them, Ham? Like, they're quite a well-rounded team. We mentioned their forward pack's not massive. Like, it is smaller but more mobile with plenty of aggression. 
So if they can just keep out of their own way, they're going to be a pretty formidable team in the run to the finals. It's sort of the antithesis of um, that's a big word. I got that one right. Hey. Um, of the rest of our uh, well, the NRL squad and the Harold Matt squad, they're sort of big in the forward pack. Um, but this one, like, the, I really like the backs. Dom Ferrugia to me, like, he glides. He's, he, he he's a... going to be like he's one to look out for. Yeah. It's very, it's very, very early, but um, he seems like a good kid. He's a smart footballer. Um, great, great frame. Like he's tall and athletic. He just glides across the park. Yeah, Can... there was uh, in the first round. Um, he chased down after an intercept. Uh, on the highlights on this one, he chased down from the other side of the field on another intercept and only just missed out on the tackle. So he's quick, he's big, can goal kick. Um, I, I reckon that's one to sort of pencil in. I, I'm, not, I'm not too... Uh, I'm not one to say, oh, this player will play first grade much anymore just because I've said it in the past and, you know... A lot can change things happen. That, yeah, Matt's in first grade. But to me, Dom in this grade is, is a standout on the wing. He's... I think he can play fullback. Yes, he can. On the wing, he'd be a very, very good asset. I think we've got a. I think our Lord and Savior. Is, well, um, let's uh, push on to the to the SG Ball then. Uh, Eels rounding back the, now. Back now. Okay, back I was going to say Eels rounding. <laughs> had to change. Had to change Thomas over. <laughs> <laughs> so Eels thirty six defeating the Steelers twenty. A double to Parry, Almadine, Geimer, Fualima, and Destratus all going over. Sanders six from six off the boot. Not bad. Yeah, this was a. Uh, I mean, the scoreline shows that it was six tries to five, but in terms of looking at the flow of this game, for what I've seen, it felt very much Parramatta in control. Matty Arthur was strong once again if he get a few try assists here. Uh, also set the tone defensively with Sam Tuovati. That outstanding. Uh, the front row trio this week was Tuovati, Arthur, and I believe Saxon Pryke starting ham, uh, with Lance Fulima coming off the bench to help uh, balance out that rotation. It looks like it worked pretty well. Uh, but yeah, Cody Parry continued his try scoring rampage. I think he got two on this one. Was that right? Uh, yeah. So yeah, he's at what eight tries in three games. Uh, that's a pretty good strike rate. Doesn't get much better in this grade. I think you had him for twenty tries this season, didn't you? I I, I still I still think he can get twenty. We've got a we've got a couple of games coming up against some lowly teams. If we uh, uh, just hold our marbles, he'll he'll be bagging plenty of meat pies to yeah, put all the different. Big, uh, again, he's a winger. He's big, fast. Knows his way to the trial line. He's athletic. He's, he's had a couple of athletic put-downs. And that left edge, Sanders, Twidal, uh, Destratus or whoever, uh, Penasini. And I think it was um, Vivella on his edge this, uh, this week. And I saw. Matty Arthur loves a dart down that side too. He is mm, lethal absolutely. for those cheeky little raids from dummy half. But, yeah, in this, in this game, it looks like the Eels were very well balanced. It looks like Ethan Sanders, the front row, well, they all had great games. And, yeah, it means that we're undefeated on the season in the SG ball. And on the day, we're undefeated with a draw and two wins to our name. Uh, all important results for three junior rep games. And like you sort of pointed to, Ham, there is now a stretch where they can really consolidate. All three teams can really consolidate their positions on the ladder as they have games that are very winnable in the uh, near future. All right, well, leaving aside the junior reps, we'll move on to the first grade, which saw the Eels victorious 36-14 to 14 over the Newcastle Knights up on the Central Coast. Try scorers Matt Dury, Clint Gutherson, Sean Russell, Dill Brown, Jack Murchie, Sean Russell, and Maker... Oh, no, sorry, it was Isaac Lumi Lumi, <laughs> to the surprise of a lot of commentators. Uh, Mitch, four from seven off the boot, and uh, the Knights going over three times. Um, I'll start with you, Bertie. What did you like? What did you not like? Um... 
<laughs> I just like that half just kick like they just clicked into gear straight from the get go. Um, you know, like Moses that running like Moses and Hopgood like that that combination. Just how he sort of like lulled in or suckered in the uh, Knights, um, you know, forwards to rush out of line and Hopgood like uh, he took a run straight away and like he's when he offloads it doesn't look awkward or like like unco it's like natural to him and and it was just a flick outside the back and, and I'm like. This kid, I don't know. Like, I, I get, like, you know, Cleary might have a, a reason why I didn't play him, but he shouldn't have been on the bench at least for the for the Panthers last year. And I, and I just don't know how he got him, what what made him leave Penrith to come join us. And I, I just want us to re-sign him and extend him, actually. Don't have another, like, ice Papali'i scenario. Just extend him because poor Matto, you know, he made, he, he took a, he had a mistake uh, taking the... Um, the, taking the suspension because I don't think he'll get get back in the team. You're saying he just got he just got Wally pipped. Yeah, I just, a, a look, I, is, is there anything negative about Hopgood that you can see in his game? Is he is he lazy defense? And one thing I noticed, you can tell he's an ex Panthers player because they they are t- look when you look at them, the quickest way to the try line is you know straight ahead, and it's like north and south direction. He doesn't float across field or doesn't like try to put a step. It's just running hard and straight and quick. And it's just something we ha- we haven't had as much because uh, we we like to do you know a bit of footwork at the line, and I just yeah I just I'm just so glad he's at the club and you know for all you super coach fans you've got to have him in your team he's going to be the buy of the year, and uh, yeah just yeah other than that um I thought defensively we were great there was a couple times where at the markers like you know Greg Marju he just you know he's just he's built like a front row in my opinion and. If you go in there in a tackle with your arm hanging out or like not not fully committed, he's going to break it. So break the tackle, sorry. But um, yeah, it's just it's very very um professional <laughs> professional performance. Even though it's a trial and it's the first trial for the majority of the starters, so I'm very pleased. With it. I have nothing negative to say about the trial, to be honest. Only the, that we had injuries. That's it. Yeah, just on that last point you're making, Bertie, about being professional completion rate ninety two percent for a trial match is pretty much unheard of. Um, I mean, but yeah, I mean, sorry. I did- Oh, you go, buddy. I was going to say, I mean, you, you just touched on that. All I could hear all, all, um, on the weekend was how the West Tigers had 89% and how they're completing at high rate. Like, 92%, I'm actually shocked. I, I didn't expect it that much. I knew it was professional, but I didn't know we, um, it was that well. So, you know, well done to the lads, you know, first up, essentially. On you 40 Yeah, I think Birdie really nailed that in quite strong, broad strokes there. Uh, the trial result as a team, very happy. Uh, the spine... Didn't look like they were going all out, but we had the team whirring along nicely, uh, able to attack through the middle and on the edges really cleanly. Josh Hodgson didn't overplay his hand, but helped the forward packs stay on the front foot. Uh, we got to see some of the edge back rowers doing some good stuff there. Obviously, the injury to Sean Lane is a huge negative to come out of this. Four to six weeks of a fractured cheekbone, assuming there are no complications or it's not a, a significantly uh, bad break there, causing you know like any sort of uh, well, sorry, I say cheekbone, jaw, uh, any sort of issues there, but. You know, injury provides opportunity, and obviously Matt Dory has really stood up to the plate there on the right edge. He's going to be the surefire starter there, and his combination of Mitchell Moses is going to be really good to see. Uh, on the left side, I don't know, boys. I don't know how you feel about this. I thought that he wasn't fantastic, but I thought that Jeremiah Masia made some steps towards going back to prove they might deserve a look at first-grade chances. Um, but I did like Jack Murchie off the bench. And I know I think the plan was to use him as that relief middle or sort of utility band-aid forward that can be deployed elsewhere when needed. But he looked good in the middle. Does he come a factor on the edge? I wonder if you, you sort of start him off on, and like what we used to do, is you start him on that edge and then bring Momosia in do the and rotation, say the 30-minute yeah. mark or something. That's, yeah. that's not a bad shout. Uh, outside of that, 
Uh, I mean, Lumi Lumi didn't do a great deal bad or good in that game up until the end where he scored, which is fine for a guy that's in the position he's in. Uh, I did like what Zach Sini did, however. I thought he was very strong. Uh, he battled through a really – he got absolutely rocked on a strong hit at one point and had to battle through that rib injury, so hopefully he's okay moving forwards because I think that he really solidified that, that spot as – I don't know if you put him as the first drop back when everyone's fit because you've got to remember that there's Bailey Simonson, Mike Acevo, Wunga Blake, and Hayes Dunster to come back to that back line as four actual like, starter caliber or starter plus caliber players. But I'd be comfortable putting Sini into some NRL situations moving forwards. And yeah, beyond beyond that, I don't think there's anything too unhappy to be about. Yeah, Newcastle scored a couple of soft tries. One was down what was ostensibly our reserve grade edge with uh, both Sini and uh, Lumi Lumi down that left side with Dom Young, who's always going to be hard to stop in that situation. Probably the more concerning of the two was that 20-meter restart where we let uh, Greg Marzu carve us up with some arm grabbing that resulted in a... Uh, what's his name, Bradman Best scoring. But on the whole, for a trial, you don't take too much out of it in terms of being pumped up, but the Eels had incredible completion rates, controlled the ruck, the spine did not overplay their hands, did not get out of, I'd say, second or third gear, honestly. And, you know, that bodes well for moving forward, so we've still got some aces up our sleeves with Trent Barrett's new uh, structures and approach, and I think once we get that forward pack figured out with the injuries and whatnot and get that bench hopefully solidified, we can see some good things. Ham, your two cents? Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I became a huge fan, huge respect for Zaxini after seeing him. He was every time he got up, he was holding his ribs. He stayed out on the field. Made his, you could tell he couldn't run. Could he could barely walk at one point? And yet, when a play got in front of him, he made his tackle. And eventually, when they signaled him to come off, he was very relieved to come off. I don't know how anyone could get, come out of that game with uh, not being a big fan of Zaxini now, because it's just you know. That's that's a huge indicator of toughness. No soul, all heart. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, another. One, I liked um, Mitchell Moses hit the ground running. What what I really liked about Moses' play, especially when we we're in attack, he he looked and reacted to what the defense gave him. Mm-hmm. He saw that on that uh, Dylan Brown try. He saw that uh, Ponga had turned his back and had left a huge gaping hole. Um, just behind the ruck there, show and go, straight through. That's, you know, we have seen Moses take on the line and he did it against the Knights um, previously, but that that was really good to see, especially in a trial match. Um, other than that, uh, Hopgood, he's, Birdie put it perfectly, I, I think he's going to be by the year. Um, the only thing that I can sort of see going against him is he seems to try and push the pass sometimes. Yeah, there was so one push. Hail Mary offload that mm. we managed to like regather, but yeah, if he can come off. If he if he well, can rain, if he can rain in the like the Hail Marys because the the first one for uh, June the one he got to Junior was just like that is devastating. You can't defend that sort of stuff. Nah, that that was incredible. Um, Jaira Momosia, I thought him rucking the ball out was really good. Him on an edge, not so good. So I reckon looking forward, I think. If you have a bench of uh, – this will be ex- extrapolated in the uh, season preview. For Momosia, Murchie and Madison, Triple M on the bench, you've got three guys that can cover middle and edge and also probably a little bit of centre cover if need be. I think there's your starting 17 bench for mine. All right, well, that's some positives there. And I have to say, coming into the game, I was a little bit worried about all the, the losses we had over the season. And obviously, you know, you, you lose 
one of the best second rowers in the game and a couple of players that have served us well off the bench in forwards. But then you forget Junior Paulo and Regan Campbell-Gillard, they play about 60, 65 minutes every week. And they're, they're two Australian props and absolutely fantastic. Josh Hodson, great in attack. The only one was that uh, a couple of times in defence, especially at marker, he got caught out a little bit. I hope that's just he's uh, getting a bit of running in the legs after that time off from injury. Um one negative, Sean Russell, whilst he had a pretty good game, I thought he should have backed himself on that break. I thought, I, I, then again, he might have gone over, been tumbled uh, into touch. Um, but we've got a clearer picture of who our bench is going to be coming forward to, to round one. Um, but I still, we'll get it to it in the preview, still had some reservations about a backup hooker. Although Jaden Yates, I thought, did very serviceable for the for the first two games that he was in. Yeah, we got to see a bit more of a running yeah. game from him in this one too. He had two really good runs. So good signs from Jaden, and I do wonder where he sort of falls with Mitch Rain as the reserve grade dummy half when Rain gets back from that concussion. Yeah, well, it seems like Arthur hasn't been uh, too happy to have Rain jump in, and the couple of times that he has, he seems to have had Barry Crockers. Uh, maybe Yates has pipped him in that in that race for backup. And again, you guys have touched on it, but Ryan Madison, he's done himself no favours uh, t- taking the um, the three-game suspension rather than the fine. Um, I, I'm fully on board with uh, what Bertie said earlier about uh, Jermaine Hopgood. I think uh, he'll play that role of Locke and, and Madison will be coming off the bench. And um, depending on how long it's going to take Sean Lane to get back or, or you know, depending on how we go on the other side with Dury, um, it could well be that Ryan Madison shifts back to, to second row on an edge uh, long term. All right, well, great, but for the injuries. So the injuries coming out of that match, uh, did we get any word uh, in respect of Dury? It, it seemed like it was just the, like a rolled ankle. Or the TV like coverage that. reported from the change rooms that it'll just be a, like a small, it was a slight rolled ankle and he should be fine for round one. So we haven't any, had any official update, but that's what they reported in coverage. And I was uh, watching the game for my brother, who's an exercise physiologist, and he said mechanically there shouldn't be too much to worry about because you're rolling from to the outside which is like the better of the two things to roll, roll on the inside of the ankles tradition where there's more damage. Um, and looking at the mechanics of that particular thing, it was like not that bad. So Yeah, and obviously the worst one was um, Sean Lane, broken yeah. jaw, what a bummer. Yeah. Um, and was there, there was another one, wasn't there? Was, uh, Zach Senny, rib cartilage. Yeah, Senny, rib cartilage. All right, well, let's jump into the Junior Reps preview for the upcoming round. So we don't have a Harold Matz team list at the moment. Um, we do have, so this is all against the Bears, bring back the Bears, um, on Saturday the 25th of February. So we'll be kicking off, uh, where are these ones played out at again? Kellyville, it's a home game. Kellyville, back at home again. So 10 a.m. we'll see Tasha Gales taking place. And then jumping into the mats will kick off at 11.30. And then they've got SG Ball kicking off at 11.30 as well, but I assume that's 1 yeah, o'clock. Yeah, and also, the, the New South Wales Rugby has us playing the Dragons in the Harold Matthews at the moment. Which oh, sorry, you're right, Dragons in the Harold Matthews. Is Mats that what we're meant to be doing, though? Is that why there's confusion? Because it's Bears in Gale and Ball. Okay, there is some craziness going on there. What does the Eels say? Yeah, I think, yeah, the Eels website says... Yeah, Tasha Gales, SG Ball, the Bears, and Dragons in the mats. Okay, that's really weird. Very weird. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, but anyway, you boys going to be out there at Kellyville? Yes. Uh, barring something crazy happening, I'll be out there, and I imagine Ham will be too after a big night, Matt. Yeah, I'm going to be a bit rough on Saturday <laughs> morning, I reckon. Yeah, looking forward to this one, though. Um, like we said earlier in the review portion of the, the Junior Reps coverage, chance to really consolidate their ladder positions here, especially for the SG Ball. Um, they've got a chance to 
you know, sort of firm for potential minor premiership contention with a, a good result this week. But they've got the Raiders and the Magpies right there with him, as well as the Penrith Panthers. So you've got to get working on that for and against. All right, well, let's jump into, given there's no footy this weekend other than the junior reps, let's jump into the season preview. So let's just pick up where we finished off last year. So regular season, we finished fourth, 16 wins, eight losses. Points scored 608 against 489. So about 100 uh, in the for and against. Uh, We set a club record membership of 34,264. Obviously getting back to the grand final for the first time since 2009. Unfortunately, going down in that grand final wasn't much. Now looking back at the win-loss record from week to week, uh, we essentially sat in the top eight for the whole of the season and consolidated uh, top four in the final season. We never lost back-to-back last year. Whilst we had some shocking losses, I think the the worst South was probably Sydney. West Tigers uh, in uh, April. And then the, when we lost to the Bulldogs, that was um, absolutely poor. Um, and to the Broncos as well. And well, South Sydney. Uh, <laughs> a, our losses yeah. are pretty, pretty ordinary. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I guess a big thing for, next, for, for this season is week-to-week consistency. Yeah, yeah. Um, West where I, I think we were fairly consistent throughout, but sometimes the, the difference between our best game and our worst game um, was the chasm. Uh, so having said that, let's have a look at gains and losses. So for 2023, we've lost Oricon Kafusi off to the Sharks, Reed Marnie off to the Bulldogs, Radhania Kore off to the Warriors, Tom Opicich over to the Hull Kingston Rovers. Zaya Papali to West's Tigers, Hayes Perham to Canterbury Bulldogs, and Ray Stone to the Dolphins. So looking at those players, I guess the main ones we were worried about was Reed, Papa, Kafusi, and Nakore, who were all four mainstays in the first grade team. We've replaced them with Dijan Arcee from the Warriors, Matt Dury from the Bulldogs, Josh Hodson from the Raiders, Jermaine Hopgood from Panthers, Sam Loizo, oh, he just gets upgraded. Jira Mamasia from the Knights, Jack Murchie from the Warriors, and Kai Rodwell, he also got an upgrade as well. Um, so looking at that, I guess you can't stray from the fact that we've lost a lot of game experience, a lot of uh, four players who had been around the squad for the last couple of years. Um, and, you know, two of those players, I say Isaiah Papali, he's probably up there in top five second rowers in the comp. Reed Marnie's probably in the top half of hookers in the comp. And you're replacing them with Josh Hodson, who can be in the top half, but for um, injuries. And I guess the rest are sort of unproven um, players in Dury, Hopgood and Murchie, although we've got pretty good reps on Hopgood. Having said all that, let's jump into the predictions first. We'll start with you, Bertie, and I pinned them in the, um, or pasted your one in the uh, in the chat there, so you've got it up. Yeah, okay, so I'm already, there's one prediction where I'm literally already got it wrong. <laughs> But uh, so I, look, I think to be honest, with I think we'll finish fifth. I just feel as though some teams, mm. are, some there'll be some. Look, mm. it, it's hard. To, it's hard to go past the Sharks having the easiest draw in the comp, right? Like there's certain teams have had easy draws. We've got you look at our look. I had a look at it today. Our first five games, we've got the Storm, who never lose round one. We've got the Sharks. You know they're a decent team, right? Even though I just talked shit about them just then. Round three, we've got uh, Manly, who always turn up against us. Round four, we've got the Panthers away, I believe, or home, whatever, either one of them. And then we've got the Roosters. So we've got a very, very tough first five games. You know, not saying we're going to go 0-5, but it's very, very tough compared to other teams. So in saying that, I still think just because of our draw, we'll, we'll probably finish fifth, but I'm expecting top four. Uh, our best signing, um, 
kind of stupid. <laughs> I put down Josh Hodgson, even though if I could go back, if I could change it, I would say uh, Hopgood now. Worst signing, and I only say it's not because I don't want it, I don't think he's going to be bad for us. I just don't think he'll get much game time. It'll be Deja and Arcee. I just, look, I don't know. Is he on the bench? Is he, you know, like, I, that's the, I mean, you have to give someone, we have to say someone's the worst signing. First player of the debut, I thought Sini, but I thought on the wing instead of center. So, but looking off the, after the first two games, you know, we can see Sini is the clear backup center to um, Wagon Blake and Pinasini. Sean Russell is the backup, the number one backup for fullback and the wingers. Um, so how many players debut? I'm going with Sini and Mataeli. You know, I'm on the Mataeli season. Um, Got to thank you guys for keep mentioning that name over the past couple of years. It's just stuck in my head. So, you know, it's the same thing with Pinasini and Murata, you know, um, I, I just I just hope he has a good um, good start and just you know because I can legit see him starting um, on our bench uh, round one if we upgrade him if not we can wait till what post June whatever it is the round, round twelve thereabouts yeah. yeah yeah so I can wait till that um, uh, player now this is where I got the butt off straight away player will sign I said Herbie Farnworth you know I just thought maybe we'll, we need a center I said last year I think Jesse Raymond like I just. Heading into the season, I thought we needed a center, and I just didn't think Wonga Blake who was is, the who answer. Who is off contract? To be fair, yeah. So like, I just I, I, like looking at that team. The only thing I could think of was like, I, and this was like having Moses resigning and everyone resigning. I just feel as though we could improve in center, and I had a look at it. And I just thought maybe he could be. He's got a bit of speed, you know. And then all of a sudden, when I posted it, I think it was like two days later, he's resigned. So um, highest try scorer, I'm going to go Sean Russell. I've, I just assumed. Um, Hayes won't be ready round one, and Russell, you know, he scored a hat trick last year. And if it wasn't for Jaden Campbell's illegal tackle, you know, he might have scored like 15, 20 tries. You never know. Um, Ken Fournette medal, I'm going with Dylan Brown. Breakout player, I've got Jermaine Hopgood, you know, lock it in, you know, put the house on it, whatever, you know, gamble responsibly. Uh, biggest win, Dolphins, you know, I had a look at them, and geez, they're, they're pretty terrible. Like between them and the Raiders, I don't know who's been the biggest loser over the preseason. Uh, biggest loss, I just feel as though Roosters just seem to always... They always get us. Uh, and, you know, Souths have the order over us, but I just feel as though Roosters will just beat us. And we might lose to them by 10 points, and that'll be our biggest loss. But, um, yeah, Dalian, I'm, I'm thinking Sam Walker. You know, like, we've been hearing he's, like, the next, you know, the Messiah, the prodigal son. You know, he's got that one pass in him. Look, hopefully he can... Not, not hopefully, but I'm thinking he's going to kick in eventually. Um, yeah, that's it, really. I, look, I'm, I'm confident this year. I, I will say this, right? This is not. I know this is not my team, but I think Panthers, the highest level, finishes fourth. They've lost a lot, and if you look at their games, Mitch Kenny is. You know the difference between him and Uppy Coruscant is like daylight, and you know whatever. Like the the the, the passes that dummy half is so slow, and with them being a team that plays off speed and quick play to balls, I just feel as though he's going to be a deterrent, or you know, he's going to be the weakest position in their spine. So that's my hot take for the year. Penrith will finish the highest, will be fourth. But um, yeah, other than that, uh. Hopefully I can get a few of them right. <laughs> I think you'll go for it. I think. Uh... Okay, I'll jump in then. Um, so I had the Parramatta Eels finishing third. I think Bertie, even though I don't like him putting us in the bottom half of the top eight, I think he made a very salient point about uh, not just the Cronulla Sharks, but also the Cowboys, who once again, both teams are recipients of very generous scheduling in terms of strength of schedule of their opposition. So they're two teams that can really build on what they did last year. Where they also had uh, a pretty good run into the finals by weight of their opponents. Uh, so for the Eels, got us in third. Don't really know how the ladder's going to shake up around us. Um, I do think, like Bertie said, Penrith have lost some real strike. I think that Appy was obviously huge to their, not just their forward pack, but to the spines built by the front foot. 
And Viliyama Kiko, I thought, had a career year last year. I thought he was genuinely outstanding on both sides of the ball, real aggression, that you know, sort of unrivaled athleticism that he has, that's going to be missed as well. In saying that, they're still a very good team. So, yeah, it could be going to, going to be very interesting to see how the top four and thereabouts shake out because it could be a little bit of movement this year. Uh, best signing, I went with the good bloke who I think is going to be the best value uh, to each dollar, and that's going to be Jermaine Hopgood. I think Josh Hodgson is also an excellent pickup if he can stay healthy, but it's kind of hard to go past what Jermaine can bring to this team as almost like a maybe like a plus Nathan Brown in his prime. Very similar in terms of the ability to play before and at the line. Uh, he is also very aggressive with the ball in hand, doesn't mind running the ball. So really keen to see how he can be uh, not just a building stone, but maybe like our own little Isaiah Yo, a guy that can really help the halves uh, play to the next level. Worst signing, like Bertie said, if you're going to have to nominate someone in this category, it's probably going to go to the guy who you think is not going to get much first grade time, and that's going to be Dejan Arcee. That's not a knock on his talents. I thought it was actually pretty handy for both the Cowboys and the Warriors uh, in the two stints he had at those clubs. Uh, first play to debut, as an eel, I went with Zach Sini, uh, given that we have a surplus of backline injuries right now. I, I think that he's probably the first cab off the rank, although he would need to get dispensation because he's currently on a development contract, not a top 30 contract, but given the injuries, I think he can make a pretty strong case to the NRL. So I had him as the first player to debut for the club, but to debut as a rookie, uh, not just as an NRL player. I've got Tony Mattielli, no surprises there. We've, Like Bertie said, we've been pumping him up for a bit now, and I thought he looked very good in the preseason. And I think that there, I really think that there is just one spot in the bench there waiting for him to reach out and, and take it and make it his own. So looking forward to that. I did have three players set to debut this year. So obviously, uh, Sini and Matelo, who I mentioned above, one as an E or one as an NRL rookie. But I threw Jaden Yates in too, because I just feel like at some point, uh, maybe it's not injury, but we want to just preserve Josh Hodgson a little bit in the back half of the season where you can use uh, your second tier uh, more freely. And I think that maybe Jaden Yates on the bench is a possibility there. I would like to see it. Obviously, if he's having a strong season in Reggie's. Highest try scorer. I went for that lethal left edge, Mike Acevo. Uh, um, I don't think he's actually, yeah, if he can stay healthy and he played on the left edge a bit, I think he'll be the guy. But we've had uh, both edges be pretty lethal lately, so it's kind of a toss-up there. Uh, the player will sign. You guys went for, like, like interesting comments, like, you know, takes on it because the play market's a bit hard to read in the coming years. So not a whole lot of high quality. And the, that's probably where the Eels also thrive a lot is finding guys that are, yeah, the bargain bin pickups. But I went with Isaiah Papali'i for the legendary memes. Um, you know, he'll find a way somehow <laughs> somehow to get out the deal with the Tigers in this in this particular context, obviously. And um, he comes back to the Eels to mean that, no, do they not get Moses, that we somehow get Papali'i back from them. Uh, if I'm not memeing, I don't really know. I think I looked at uh, uh, the the thing, the sort of the off-contract players, and saw Butcher from the Roosters' off-contract. He's a player that might profile nicely for us. Um, as a sort of back rower, maybe middle utility. Um, Ken Fournette, a winner, I went with uh, Junior Barlow. We don't tend to have a lot of repeat KT medal winners. We tend to spread the love out. So I was just looking at our core players that haven't had a, a medal yet. And uh, I think it was like Junior and Reg. So maybe one of those two this year. Breakout player, Sean Russell. Um, I think he's set to be very solid in first grade this year. A lot of those other injuries have set him up to be the starter this year from round one, and if he doesn't get knees to the ribs, I think he's going to be very hard to dislodge from that right wing or even centre spot when he sort of has to rotate around, depending on who's available. Uh, biggest win, again, for the memes, West Tigers, although Bertie made a great point about the Dolphins, very much a possibility there that we could put the stack the points up against them. 
biggest loss, the the one team that we just cannot consistently overcome yet, South Sydney. Um, hoping that the addition of Steve Antonelli, who uh, understands that system defensively better than perhaps anyone in the competition, might be able to help that. But right now, I've got them penciled in as our biggest loss. Dally M, uh, I'm going with the player that because this is a narrative award. Um, and if the Panthers are to slip a little bit in terms of team quality, it means that more points are going to go to one player. And I think that given that he hasn't won one yet in his career, that Nathan Cleary should be an almost shoe-in to have the media push to win the award this year. And him? Uh, I'm going to make it nice and quick. Eels have finished third. We're going to make it. We're going to get, unfortunately, we're going to get knocked out in round three of the finals, week three of the finals. Best signing, Hoppy. Worst signing, Assi. First player to debut, Tony Martelli. Uh, how many players to debut? Initially, I went with one. I think it's going to be two. I'm, only, I'm going pure NRL debuts on this one. I'm thinking Tony Mattaelli and uh, Jonte Jr. Bethamisa. Ooh, that's spicy. Second. I, I want to give him a debut after that run alone. <laughs> Double doubles. I, I, I'm giving, giving him the debut for his, uh, for his name alone. <laughs> um, I think we'll have uh, four players in origin. We're going to have the four, four middle forwards in origin, so he's going to get a, a run then. Highest try scorer, Sean Russell, out on the right wing. Uh, I think Moses looked looking primed. Penasini loves a loves a try assist as well. Um, Shawnee, play will sign. I did have Harley Smith Shields initially, but I've I've heard he's going to re-sign with Canberra, so I'm going to change that, changing it to a Smokey. And because this it never comes true for me uh, in the past, I'm picking Zach Lomax will be picked up by will be released by the Dragons, be picked up by the Parramatta Eels. Ooh, that's uh, spicy. Ken, Ken Thornet winner. He's going the two in a row, Mitchell Moses. Breakout player, Jermaine Hopgood. He's playing uh, Origin this year for Queensland. Um, and then again, they'll win because uh, New South Wales will keep with Freddie and Cleary, who can't play Origin. Um, biggest win, round three versus Manly. Again, it'd be fantastic. Uh, Thursday night at Brook Vale, I believe. Uh, Tommy Turbo, I don't think we'll be playing. Um, and we know how good Manly are without Tommy. Biggest loss, round 21 versus Cowboys. Um, I believe that's up in Townsville. Um, I just I think they'll want to avenge the loss and it's going to take them to round 21 to get it. Dally M, uh, Scotty Drinkwater. I think um, uh, on the back of a good team, an easy draw. He's a, he's a star player. I think he'll be getting a lot of, um, a lot of three-pointers this year. All right. And for me, I think we'll finish second. South Sydney to take out the comp this year as in take out the minor premiership, Eels to take out the comp. You haven't even got us going to the grand final and winning at him. What sort of supporter are you? I'm a realist, mate. I'm a real... I keep it in reality. <laughs> All right, best signing. Um, I'm going to go with Josh Hodson just because we needed a replacement hooker and there's absolutely no depth below him. Uh, whereas the good shouts for Jermaine Hopgood. Um, but I think you've got Ryan Madison as the lock back up there, so... I think that's just in terms of how important it's going to be to our season. If if Josh Hodson goes down, I think our season's down the toilet pretty much. Worst signing, um, I'm going to go with Arcee as well. Uh, just on the back that, you know, he's an outside back. He's come to us injured. Uh, it might be limited game time for him rather than him actually being a poor player. Uh, first player today, Boo. I'm going to go with Tony Mattaelli as well. Uh, you guys pumped his tyres enough. How many players today, Boo? I'm just going with the one, but hopefully double-doubles does get a debut. And when we're talking about debuts there, I think we were talking about uh, NRL debuts as opposed to club debuts. There's just about everybody across the squad has played at least one NRL game from what I can see. 
Is that right? Um, Pretty much Matteelli. Matteelli is the only one I can see that's present in the, in the top in the top thirty. I, I think yeah, everyone's debuted in the NRL. Uh, I think Zaxini still qualifies as an NRL rookie. Yeah, so uh, like he's yeah, he debut. would be a rookie, but he definitely yeah. played a couple of games for he's West. Played four for West. Yeah. So yeah. Um, all right, highest try scorer, Sivo uh, back to his best after having half the season off last year with his knee. He's going to be raw and ready to go. Um, player will sign. Um, I'm going to go for the boring. I don't think we're going to sign anybody this season. Um, as in through throughout the season. I think it'll be like last year where we just uh, we might make an offer late in the season, but I don't think there'll be any takers. Uh, Ken Thornett, winner, middle, uh, winner, medal, <laughs> medal winner, rather. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with. It's got to be a spine player, doesn't it? Doesn't have to. No. Mm. Ice is We've one had Manu Mao, Junior Bolo, uh, Sean Lean won it. No. I just. I, I think we give it to somebody who's just a hard arts worker, and I'm. I'm going to go with Jermaine Hopgood in his first year Ooh. with the Eels. Ooh. They're going to like. They're going to like what he's cooking. I mean, Hello, if he plays, or, if he plays Origin, surely that's like. That he's then he's like easily top three, top four for the year because like to break into the Origin team is very impressive for his like first full year in first grade. So uh, breakout player, I'm going to go with Jermaine again as well. Our biggest win. Let's have a look at the draw. I think I'm going to jump on with Birdie. I know it's an away game, but against the Dolphins, middle of June. Uh, perhaps we have a couple of players out for Origin. Um, but still, the Dolphins, they, they came against, against the Titans, and I know it's only a trial, but they did not look very good. And I just see the wheels falling off that team pretty uh, early on throughout. And again, I'll join with 40 here for the biggest loss. Uh, Souths, we just haven't learned how to play them as yet. Um, and that'll be coming in May. And then, what's next? Dally M. Okay, I'm going to go outside the box here. I've picked them to come first. And I think uh, he's going to cement himself as one of the best fullbacks in the game this year. But Latrell Mitchell, I think, will pick up the Dally M. Um, good feel-good story for the year. I know a lot of people don't like him, but I quite like him. I like his, uh, his moxie. Um, uh, but I can see him having a really big season after coming back uh, a little bit underdone at the end of last year. But then he put together some of the best uh, fullback player I think we've seen um, at least last year in any event. So I can see him really kicking on this year. He looks like he's dropped some more weight again this season, so he seems like he's really got it all screwed on and ready to go. All right, well, I think that's that's run through the season preview there. Um, any changing uh, changing of the guard at coach? Do we reckon uh, BA is going to get sacked? No, I can't if, see it. If Facebook has their way, yes, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it'd take a truly abominable season, abominable season, to go from you know literally the grand final to getting sacked. I think he's set Parramatta up to. People always talk about the window closing. I think with Moses re-signing, the, the window has far and away not closed and we have the succession planning in place to make sure that we're going to be not necessarily like heavyweight title contenders every year moving forwards, but going to be in the finals or thereabouts. And if you're in the finals, you're in the mix. So, yeah, no, not worried about that. I mean, if you finish bottom four, you probably have to think about it. But other than that, I don't see that happening. I think he's. I think the club has finally backed him, got some decent assistant coaches in there and... Um, I just feel as though this year, even though we've lost some players, I think he's more prepared. He's been more. He's been given more um, help this year for the team. So yeah, you've got to lose one to win one. Hopefully, it's rugby league truism. Hopefully, it's uh, lose one and win five. 
exactly. Um, or <laughs> in a row, uh, in a row, well, not over my lifetime, please. <laughs> but just looking over the like, like the rest of the competition, like a lot of a lot of teams are sort of treading water from last year, and you know you got your Cowboys, Sharks, who probably overperformed last year. Who you reckon will be pretty similar this season, or maybe take a step back? The only team that I've seen really improve is probably Souths and Roosters. Penrith have gone backwards. Storm have lost most of their forward pack. You know, it's sort of it's well, pretty tough out there. Sharks haven't bought anybody of note. Um, South didn't buy any. Oh, sorry, they bought Kafusi. Um, South didn't buy anyone. Um, Penrith bought a couple of back rowers, uh, Hosking and Garner. Hosking was um, there last year, I think. No, he was at Brisbane last year. Zach Hosking uh, was he? Okay. Yeah. Um, it's got to be it's, Roosters getting Brendan Smith. You know? And I, I, I'm not sure if I rate him yet. I think he's. I think he's a very He's better read Marnie for me. Very high energy, um, but just doesn't. It's not a like he's he's small, too small to be a lock, but too too not skillful enough to be a hooker. If that sort of makes sense. Um, but yeah, sort of. It's mainly the bottom teams that have bought big. You know, your Tigers, your Bulldogs. You got to remember the Bulldogs were three wins from the team above them. So it wasn't. You know, you talk about a bottom four. There was a bottom five last year. Um, could be a bottom six this year. So um, the teams that have improved externally are the bottom teams. The teams up the top, and sort of they'll have to improve internally and um, through player development rather than through external recruits. Uh, I will say, right, and I know we we don't rate Manly, but they they were going okay up until you know a particular round. But um, if if you know you got to give them if they have a clean bit of health, like I feel there's, there's some teams out there if they didn't get like smashable injuries, you know they could be you know top eight team, and you know with how draws some teams have better draws than others, they could be a top four. You know who like we, no one saw the as you said no one saw the sharks and the um and the cowboys making top four, but then you know their team they were pretty much healthy all year. They had their same thirteen pretty much majority game, so. You know, it just takes some. There'll be some lucky teams that'll make it, and um, yeah, just yeah. I, I feel I feel as though it's comp is really close in terms of like there's, a, there's probably like a, the genu- genuinely six teams that can win it, and you know the past couple of years there's only been one team that's been the best, and that was Penrith. So um, yeah, I just it's a close game, a close competition. All right. Well, I think that might wraps up for the preview pod there. Um, whack this in your ears and then uh, we'll be back next week to preview round one which will see us playing against the Storm uh, as Bertie you touched on earlier that bit of trivia they've never lost a round one game whilst under Bellamy's tutelage um, so streak it'll be a big streak first because round. It's, it's that versus our what four years inside the top eight so yeah. someone has to lose an epic streak here so and that's why stuff. para fans need to get out there Forget watching it on telly. Forget watching it at the pub. Forget you got to be at Parramatta Stadium on Thursday night. Imagine how good it would be to be the Brock uh, Lesnar to their Undertaker, to be the one in twenty-one or whatever it is. To be the one in twenty-one, but also like that's a season opener. Imagine having a half-empty stadium for a season opener. That'd look embar- that'd be embarrassing. So you got to be you can, uh, you can join me. One of my mates is. Uh, Setting me to a little treat. We're going to go get a massage. Ooh. Then we're going to go have a pub feed. And then we're going to go to the game. God so we're going to be damn, nice and relaxed, pampered, ready for kickoff. Yeah. That's good a stuff. Thai massage or? Uh, I think it's a Thai massage. Apparently, they walk on your back. So. Oh, oh yes. Oh, the backbreaker. Yes, that is the good stuff right there, mate. Enjoy that. All right, well, gents. Well, until then, we'll catch you on the next Power Podcast. Enjoy this last round of uh, 
time with your family. I think it's 30-something weeks of uninterrupted football coming up. So uh, say your last goodbyes until then. <laughs> Cheers. Catch you, mate. Guys. Thank you.